Hello everybody, this is your co-host, Tony Chang, and for this episode, we have prepared a summary on a few crypto projects to give you an idea of what's out there in the ecosystem. Please sit back and enjoy listening to how we got started, and we hope that this episode will be helpful to your research from the one and only The Crypto Scrubs Podcast. Yeah, cool. Tony's charting ready to go. I have uh, some an alcoholic drink <laughs> trying to chill out here because uh, market's down, everything's down. Stocks, everything. All my investments. It's going down drain right now. Trying to look at it. <laughs> That's crazy. You feeling the same way, Tony? Yeah, a little bit. I'm actually mostly in just cash, just sitting on the sidelines. But uh, did you hear about the recent like Netflix just dropping like 50%? In their stocks? Uh, yeah, Netflix is like $800. Now it's like 200 bucks. Wow. Uh, typical day, typical month in, in the investing world nowadays. Um, pretty, pretty crazy times. So, uh, yeah, April, uh, today is April 26th, 7.46 Pacific time. And we want to do uh, episode four of the Crypto Scrubs podcast, focusing on trading part two. Uh so another reason why we're doing this, uh, just to reiterate, like we, we are starting from ground level, Tony and I. We don't have millions of dollars, even though at one point we could have easily gotten there. Um, so we're starting from ground level for you listeners, taking you, you along with the ride with us. Um, and other podcasts have gone big, grown to larger audiences, so they're no longer at ground level. But we're here for you and with you to prepare the mainstream and the early adopters for the next bull run. Yeah, we're definitely doing this so that we can kind of inform all the new users who want to get into this space, uh, cryptocurrency space, and kind of helping them navigate, you know, just like the beginnings of uh, what to look into, uh, what to look at uh, for a cryptocurrency. I know we're doing this right now um, during the bear market or when it hits the bear market, which would be per- which would be perfect uh, for the masses. Uh, we know that we're only touching upon uh, early adopters uh, in today in today's time. So we're re- really looking forward to having that massive wave come in in the next bull run and really kind of touch on a lot of the new users um, that are going to be in this space. Yeah, so whether you're listening to us in almost real time or way in the future, we welcome you with open arms into our journey. And by that time, I don't know where Tony and I will be, but hopefully this podcast will help you in whatever journey and step you're taking in the crypto cryptocurrency journey and rabbit hole and discovery. And it's going to be a wild ride. Oh, yeah. Definitely wild. <laughs> no matter where you are. So kicking off uh, this episode, we hope to kind of go down the list of cryptocurrencies of kind of Bitcoin all the way down to number 50 to give you a general overview of the crypto market, how to do crypto, uh, charting, screening, and know what to look for and give you a kind of a general landscape of where crypto is at right now and where it has come. Because no matter what hype, what technology there is, I think the core of crypto right now is to make money. Um, I think the technology is important, but I think 90% of people go into crypto to make money. And if they're saying they're not, they're probably lying. <laughs> That's very true. I think everyone's really invested in a lot of these stories and new projects that are coming out every year. Every bull run, there's something new about the space. But at the end of the day, um, all these new technologies, all these new projects like NFTs, DeFi, is all about money. It's ultimately understanding how these money flows around and how to gain profits from, you know, gain alpha from these new projects. Yeah, so... A couple of resources we're pulling up right now. One is coinmarketcap.com. It's going to be a list of your uh, top cryptocurrencies ranked by market capitalization, basically how valuable they are. Um, Down the list, I think it goes down to like a few thousand cryptocurrencies, but we're not going to go that far this episode. They're probably not going to matter after you get to 
uh, over a hundred or so right now. Definitely. I think coin market cap is the bread and butter of just being able to view all the projects that are out there in this space. Um, and at the same time has a lot of information regarding like market cap and price. So this is the, the one place that everyone should be kind of, uh, getting used to and learning the mechanics of coin market cap it's very simple to use it's just one website with a list of coins um, with a lot of information they've been adding a lot of ton of new categories new things on the website which i've never seen before in like five years ago so it was definitely not there and it's always evolving so getting yourself familiar with this website now uh, will definitely help you get more familiar with it in the future as well because they're definitely changing this website yeah, definitely. And tab number two I have pulled up is called tradingview.com. A lot of you who are get, just getting started in Bitcoin, it's fine to just check the prices on your trading app, like be it Coinbase, Gemini, um, Binance US, that's totally fine. But if you want to take the next step in developing a watch list and also charting prices over time and charting strategies, you definitely should use a charting tool. And I think a lot of people on crypto Twitter, just the general crypto uh, currency community, use TradingView.com, as does Tony and I. Yeah, it's TradingView is a basic must in terms of just looking at trends of a specific coin. It really tells you where we are in the run, um, whether it's current or for the future. Um, at the same time, it's it's free. They're both free, so it's nice to pick up right now and just getting used to um, how to use TradingView and whatnot. Um, this will definitely get you further in terms of understanding a little bit about um, how these coins trend with Bitcoin itself. So without further ado, let's jump right in to CoinMarketGat.com. Once you open it up, you're going to find just a homepage of cryptocurrencies. And it says today's cryptocurrencies prices by market cap. And at the very top, you're going to see the total market cap and also a volume and what's called the BTC dominance. But the main thing we're going to focus on right now is called the market capitalization of the coins um, down the list. So market capitalization is kind of the price times the supply of each cryptocurrency. So when you do the price times the supply of each cryptocurrency, you get the total value. And that is important because when you see each price of each cryptocurrency, that doesn't mean it's an absolute value. Like Bitcoin can be $38,000. But if you see another crypto that's like a dollar, that doesn't mean Bitcoin is worth $38,000 more than the other uh, crypto. You have to look at how much of each crypto supply um, and then multiply it by the price to understand the market cap. And that's the value of the crypto. I think that's a great way to take a look at this uh, website. It's actually ranked by market cap. So that's kind of a, a important factor being that second is the price. Price is like the second factor compared to market cap. Everything is ranked. Um, and Bitcoin being the leader in this space based on circulating supply and, um, and price itself. Um, I would say this is our bread and butter. We take a look at this from 1 through 10 um, and then from there on to all the way up to 100. So, yeah. Yeah, let's just start going down the list. So we'll take it section by section um, all the way to 50 and then we'll do some highlights of some crypto projects that we think are kind of things to look out for beyond number 50. So number one, obviously Bitcoin. Um, today's price 38,375, uh, total market cap of $729 billion. So it also shows 20 hour, 24 hour uh, change and also seven day change. Right now, everything is red. Just like everything is bloody red. <laughs> my soul <laughs> right now <laughs> so going going up here and just doing a scan and opening up the web page will give you an idea of how the market is doing 
um, and also what other cryptocurrencies are doing. Now, Bitcoin is the one that you want to pay attention to because everything else, no matter what they say about the CERN project is going up or down, everything is tied to Bitcoin's price right now, no matter whether you like it or not. So if Bitcoin goes down, the general market follows it. If Bitcoin goes up, the general market will follow it right now. And also, stock market-wise, like it's going to be kind of tied to the stock market right now. If the stock market goes down, uh, Bitcoin will kind of, in the general, general crypto space, will be kind of tethered to it. But that's kind of a recent trend. Right. Yeah. Recently, we've been seeing a lot of uh, correlation between the crypto market and the stock market. But over time, we're, when crypto markets are going to be more mature, uh, we believe that there is going to be a separation um, and that correlation would be a, a lot less than it is today. Yeah. And there's also something called the Bitcoin Dominance Index. Right now, you can actually see it on the top of CoinMarketCap. It's at 41.2%. And what that means... The market cap, the value of Bitcoin versus the entire cryptocurrency space is at 41.2%. So one crypto, Bitcoin, that's why they call Bitcoin is the king right now because it's so dominant over versus the rest of the cryptocurrency market cap. Yeah, the real technical reason doesn't really exist why um, the entire market is kind of riding what the Bitcoin is doing. But what we can understand is that Bitcoin is pretty much the index for the entire crypto space. It has the most liquidity in the space. Therefore, it's going to be the most traded in terms of value. So you want to look at Bitcoin as, you know, what they say is king, but you just want to see it as like an index where this specific coin is going to drive the majority of the ecosystem's price. Yeah. And another thing is mechanically, when there's a bear market, people actually fly to safety, um, regardless if it's like stocks or cryptocurrencies. For cryptocurrencies, when there's a bull market, people flock to Bitcoin because they recognize that as a store of value and actually is the safest cryptocurrency. Um, so right now, it's probably better to hold Bitcoin than actually flying to alternative cryptocurrencies, which we're going to go down a list of mm. um, in this episode. So going down the list, number two is Ethereum. Um, Ethereum is the largest um, altcoin. And, alt and altcoin is defined by, Tony? Altcoin is pretty much everything except for Bitcoin. It's it's and it's the other word for them is shitcoin. It's pretty much <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it was given birth by the idea of uh, from Bitcoin itself, right? So all these other projects came from you know the Bitcoin Project Zero. Project Zero is Bitcoin. Um, all these other coins that are coming out with new projects just add a little flavor on top of it, right? They do different types of functionality on their protocol, and therefore they're alternatives to Bitcoin. Right. Now, Ethereum has grown a lot over the past year or two. Yeah, I think it went from kind of the low of $100 to now $2,800. So Ethereum's um, value in DeFi, in NFTs, and being kind of the supercomputer, decentralized supercomputer of the world, um, and its status has grown so much in popularity over the past two years. So that's why Ethereum has a stronghold over the number two slot in coin market cap. And market capitalization wise, right now it's almost exactly half of Bitcoin. That's crazy. Um, yeah, in, in $342 billion. So um, total Ethereum dominance, that's, that's kind of a new thing. It, it's been 20% versus the um, kind of the 41 point two percent i think for for bitcoin so ethereum some people say it's no longer an altcoin and everything beyond bitcoin and ethereum right now are, are considered altcoins with um that the top two kind of holding their own tier and the rest being the kind of the rest so going down to number three is an interesting one it is usdt called tether 
Um, USDT came about where you people needed a form of US dollar peg to kind of trade against in exchanges and also offer liquidity um, in exchanges. So total dollar wise, there's going to be 83 billion of Tether. Um, that's why it has number three. But beyond its peg, being pegged to the US dollar um, and off being kind of an offering of a liquidity, uh, it is actually a very, uh, ent- very important kind of figure within the cryptocurrency space right it now, interestingly. Is. It definitely yeah. is. So, but you don't want to just buy Tether and hoping it's going to go up because it won't. It's always going to be a dollar. <laughs> there may be some weird days where it's beyond that, a little bit above, a little bit below, just because like more people are trading against it. Um, yeah, but I want to kind of talk. You don't want to buy Tether. I want to. <laughs> that's true. I, I kind of want to talk about Tether a little bit and its inception and, and its importance to the ecosystem. So Tether is actually the very first um, stablecoin that was given birth in this cryptocurrency ecosystem. Um, after Tether, there was a lot of stablecoins that came about. I would say actually DAI was the very first one, but it wasn't really stable because it wasn't backed by um, USD. Yeah. So what's a stablecoin? Just to get that out of the way. So stablecoin is just, um, it's pretty much a digital dollar. It's 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 always going to be valued at one dollar. Um, if if it breaks the peg, which it's not supposed to, um, it can be like ninety nine cents point nine 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 six or something like that. Um, but it's usually uh, taken off with a fee and whatnot. Uh, you might be missing from a dollar, but it's always going to be a dollar. Therefore, that's why it's called stable. It's never leaving a dollar. <laughs> yeah. So it's not yeah. meant to be. But unless you're, you know, pretty much trying to short the market, um, trying to save your money in terms of cash, I guess, on the side, um, you can you can have pretty much a stable coin instead of having it in USD dollar in exchange, uh, which could be a little bit better in terms of um, not having to. Sometimes there's not a lot of exchanges actually have USD, so it's going to be a little bit more difficult to have it. Right. Yeah. Um, so Tether is actually adopted in almost every exchange. Um, and this is one of the very first one that was given birth after Dai, um, and after the fact that Dai broke their peg at one point, uh, which right. was a calamity at one point. Um, but I do want to a little bit go into um, Galen. I don't know if you know this, but do you know anything about like the controversies of Tether? Uh, yeah, there's like a lot of controversy saying like you're supposed to have one dollar per tether um as an audit but i think they, they broke it uh, a couple years ago where they have uh kind of a reserve just like banks now do um so i think the the ratio is that they have to have 0.6 dollars for every every tether available or something right now that is very true actually um so that was a huge controversy because they were claiming that they actually had a Every for every tether dollar in market cap, they would actually have you know that in USD. But in reality, when they actually did an audit, when they were forced to do an audit by the U.S. Treasury, um, they found out that they only had like sixty percent in collateral. Like they only had sixty percent of what they actually printed out. Uh, pretty much what the banks are doing today, like fractional lending. Um, but that was that was the most intense one because after that happened, a lot of people didn't really trust. And USDT, uh, a lot of a lot of people didn't hold their stablecoin in USDTs. Therefore, a lot of the competing stablecoins like USDC, um, made by Coinbase, was actually more reliable. Right, and you're gonna see a lot of different stablecoins that are like at a dollar or near a dollar going down the list of coin market. Yeah, so that's why they exist. Um, different exchanges use different uh, stablecoins, and also they're very important to kind of the trading. Um, <clears throat> liquidity uh, space for for cryptocurrencies. So Tether's number three. Uh, keep an eye on it. Kind of know what it is, but don't don't buy it. Just hoping you'll make money because it's dollar. Because it'll always be a dollar. <laughs> yep. um, number four, uh, Binance BNB. That that's all. That's been interesting because Binance BNB they made Binance Coin um, as just kind of a 
uh, a coin that you hold on to to save on fees for the Binance exchange. Um, but now it's risen all the way up to number four in CoinMarketCap, which is nuts. Do you remember what uh, rank it used to be at the very beginning of the year? It was like, oh, at the beginning of the year? This or year? Or not this it, year, it was last year. year. Like, Before the bull run, do you remember? 2020, it went from like the 20s or 30s yep. or even 40s or 50s yeah. to it was at 25. Um, the top 10. And because it was... Um, <coughs> sorry. It was because... They came up with uh, their own DeFi platforms and DApps ecosystem around BNB. So they essentially created Ethereum alternative um, on the BNB platform. And it, the price went up like crazy. It went, it went from like $10, $20 to like $400, which is what it's sitting at right now. Um, I actually held BNB for a while and then um, kind of sold it on the way up. So... Yeah, that, that surprised me kind of the most this past year, BNB. Yeah, so BNB was originally created by Binance Exchange. They were the number one exchange in the world for cryptocurrencies. They originally created BNB in order to be a utility token so that people can get cheaper trading fees on Binance Exchange. Uh, but it kind of expanded more into uh, a bigger utility usage for DeFi platforms and a lot of the entire ecosystem that they were building out um, just on the BNB platform. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, the explosion in price actually happened in this bull run. They were actually ranked like somewhere in 25. Each one was going for maybe at the very beginning $25 per BNB. And it, it's pretty much exploded all the way up to like 500 bucks or now at $389, but still ranked at number four. Yeah, that caught me off guard. I actually bought in like, well, I held it when it was like 20 to $40 and was like, oh, that's double. That's good enough. And then I bought back in at $200 because it was like getting so much tr traction on the DeFi platform um, that I held it to like $400. Um, so that that's the history around that. Well, one, uh, more, one more thing, actually. Their, their token, yeah. they actually something, they created something called uh, Token Burn. They were the very first ones to burn right. tokens, um, reducing the circulation of BNB. Therefore, uh, the price will pretty much go up no matter how long you hold it. Right. Uh, and their, their reasoning for the Token Burn was kind of uh, giving back holders of BNB more value over time. Um, kind of like a share buyback. Yeah. If you guys know stocks. So <clears throat> BNB, really surprising this past year. Um, number four. We'll see if it holds, though. Um, number five, USDC, another stable coin, like Coinbase. It's up there because Coinbase uses it. <laughs> look, and a lot of other major... Um, look at that coin. It, uh, it broke its exchanges. peg. It's not even a dollar. It's at um, 9998 yeah i guess that's possible sure why yeah i don't know either yeah. why it, it's been like that for a while because uh i think it it's actually worth more than a dollar there's 0.999 usdc for each dollar so you get more usdc well i think because you pay like a nominal nominal fee just to buy it or something so that's that kind of factored in um so next one is solana Number six, wait, wait, wait. thirty-two wait, wait. billion. I kind of want to talk about USDC. Do you? Did you know? Okay. Did you know yeah. that um, I almost applied to the company? I forgot what it's called, but I actually applied to that company. And yeah, they wanted me. This is while I was working at Western Asset. They really wanted me to join on their team uh, for the USDC okay. because I was like so into cryptocurrencies, and I think they're looking for passionate people in the cryptocurrency space. All these companies yeah. are actually. It's just that right. a lot of the people that they hire today are not into cryptocurrency, and they really need to find people more involved and passionate about it because then they kind of become more innovative in that space than instead of just right. working for that paycheck. So to speak, right. um, but yeah, I, I almost got in. I, I I didn't go through with it because I actually, <laughs> at the same time, wanted to go with Amazon, and I did get a call to work for Amazon, so that what ended up happening. But um, yeah, so USDC is actually a birth of a stablecoin by two companies, uh, one by Coinbase, and that created this digital stablecoin pegged to the US dollar. Okay, all right. Oh, good backstory. You chose the dark side. <laughs> 
<laughs> crypto. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bezos. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Uh, so number six, Solana. Lots of stuff to talk about here. Um, it's kind of this this cycle's quote-unquote Ethereum killer. So we'll see how this lasts, how much this lasts. Uh, Tony, you have a lot to talk about Solana, right? Yeah, I mean, just a little bit. I, first of all, do not trust Solana. That's just my opinion. I mean, a lot of people have good things to say about Solana. I've used the protocol for DeFi, and I did not like it. They Their DeFi protocols actually suck in terms of user interface, in my opinion. Um, the returns are actually not good as well. Uh, it's a little complicated to use. And at one point, the reason why I decided that Solana was not going to be top 10 for me um, in the future in the next bull run is because they shut down. Their network at one point had to shut down and restart. And that is the only reason why I noticed that how centralized this project was. They, they were able to get 21 validators or whatever validators they needed uh, come to a weird consensus together and restart the entire system because they went down with, you know, just a minimal, I would say, amount of transactional at one point. They were peaking and they broke. So if they if that happens now, I don't know how they're going to survive when, you know, the masses come in the next bull run, how their network is going to continue to run without, you know, something going wrong. Right. That That's a big red flag for me. If something just goes, goes down already, but also still stays in the top 10, that means people just don't care or just don't understand it. Um, and I think I, I've checked out Solana NFTs before. They just have much less traction than Ethereum NFTs. I don't think, um, the Solana NFTs much have value. Um, but yeah, DeFi and probably NFTs are only the only things holding Solana up and the kind of the hype for the future. But once kind of DeFi goes into winter, NFTs go into a winter, and all you have is kind of the devs and kind of the faith in, faith in the ecosystem, um, I think I agree. Solana might go the way of like EOS or something. You know what's funny is on CoinMarketCap, it says... In the description about what makes Solana unique, it says, however, the network has been plagued by repeated outages that impaired its price and aspirations to be the visa of crypto. So yeah, they're trying to claim that they can be a high level of transactional data um, that can happen through their um, protocol. It's kind of it's kind of the B team, not to bash on Solana developers. I'm sorry if you're hearing this, but <laughs> um, I think... Once Ethereum goes through proof of stake, Solana is kind of has been the test uh, pilot program for Ethereum proof of stake. So, when once Ethereum proof of stake comes, there's there's going to be so much traction behind Ethereum that Solana is going to have a hard time keeping up. Yeah, there. That's a good point. I think definitely if you look at you know Ethereum scaling at one point when it goes to 2.0, all these projects that are competing against Ethereum. Are going to run into a lot of trouble. Yeah, and you're going to see that this kind of trend where we go down the list. Uh, Solana is kind of the first one that falls into that that's uh, kind of space of projects that will be in danger once Ethereum actually becomes proof of stake. So, Solana, if you if you really believe in the ecosystem and know something that we don't know, by all means, invest in it. Um, Please comment below. But <laughs> Please comment below. But being number six and thirty-two billion dollars, it's kind of rich for our blood. I think. Um, I I did actually ride Solana up, so that was pretty fun. Yeah, same um, here. But beyond that, I think anything above the price level is kind of be kind of rich. Um. So we're kind of going more in depth in the top ten, because uh, I think they're important obviously because in the top 10, but we'll, we'll kind of, after the top 10, we'll go kind of what we just say, uh, key points on certain projects. So number seven is XRP, kind of the payment structure, payment settlement layer for um, the world. That I think that's what their, their mission is to be, kind of, kind of replace the SWIFT banking system. Um, 
and kind of serve as a better banking system than Bitcoin because Bitcoin right now it's kind of really kind of relatively slow to transact with. It's more of a store of value. So XRP was designed to replace um, the payment side of cryptocurrencies. So XRP is interesting because it's not really people say it's not really decentralized because it's controlled by Ripple, which is actually a um, a company based in, I think they're in San Francisco or something. But Brad Garlinghouse, they have a CEO that manages the, the cryptocurrency um, and sitting right now, number seven, $31 billion at 65 cents. Um, kind of high. It definitely is. It, it definitely is. I Okay, so they pretty much abandoned XRP. So... The very at the very beginning of XRP, they created they created XRP just to kind of like test its technology, but at the same time they wanted to use their technology to work with banking and you know pretty much like you said replace the SWIFT system. But I'm not sure they got they ran into a lot of trouble uh, creating XRP because it was like a label that as unregistered security and therefore because of xrp they've been they've been having a lot of trouble working with banks and trying to have their technology adopted yeah and they got sued by the sec this past year um they 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 actually won the case sec lost uh that case but just all the controversy surrounding it um and also like there hasn't been too much progress around xrp uh, but there is a very strong following for XRP on Twitter, good community. The XRP Army. Just because XRP Army on Twitter, you don't want to mess with them. So a lot of like hodlers for XRP. But honestly, like I'd much rather have Bitcoin over XRP. <laughs> like there's so much Bitcoin has to offer. I just don't get why people are investing in XRP other than just how cheap it is. Maybe maybe some. Maybe yeah, it, it looks cheap because it's sixty five cents. But the market cap again, it's it's the seventh most expensive cryptocurrency. Yeah, um, uh, I think yeah, beyond like it looking cheap and also its promise of replacing the SWIFT banking system, which I don't think it's going to happen. That uh, beyond that, I don't think it's too much gotten to it. We sound very negative on some of these projects because. They're in the top 10, guys, and they don't have too much going for them. So want to make that really clear. Invest Only invest in projects that have real projects that you're excited about and you actually understand and use. Um, too many people go into projects, don't understand it, see it's kind of cheap, see a lot of people on board on Twitter. It's kind of buy, buy into it. But that's not how good long-term investing and crypto projects go yeah and what i mean by xrp was abandoned by the company i mean there's like no use case for xrp as of today there is no reason why you should ever buy xrp because you can't use it for anything it has no benefit of using xrp it's kind of almost turning into a meme coin where you just kind of have it for fun at this point um there's really it it offers nothing as for the retail buyers uh, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather have Dogecoin because like you can actually buy stuff on Tesla <laughs> store. That's crazy. That's and so true. It's really true. fast. It's it's been around a lot. So I've no, I don't see any reasons to buy XRP, other than like you're, you might make a lot of money in the future for some random reason that we don't even know. Um, but tell us we're wrong. Comment comment below. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I've heard of arbitrage a little bit with XRP just because it's so much faster than any other coin out there so that's like the only reason why people would buy and sell it but i've never heard right. of anyone you know yeah. making money off xrp by holding it forever because it's been around for so long i think people are used to it um it's actually pretty big in korea as an arbitrage thing so yep i don't know let's let's move away from xrp i think we talked about it for like yep. 10 minutes that's something we don't care about um terra luna very recent mover into the top 10. Um, their founder, uh, Terra Luna's founder, uh, Kwon Do, 
has been making news uh, recently that he, um, Luna actually has one of the most largest wallets of Bitcoin as uh, collateral for its project. So uh, talk a little bit that, about that, Tony. I think you looked into Yes. Yeah, so at the very more. beginning of the year, I, you know, I didn't really have too much information on Terra Luna. All I know is that it was offering offering a good percentage in terms of your return for holding Luna, and therefore I got really interested into it and ended up buying some. But it, it's evolved from you know what it used to be at the very beginning of the year uh, significantly. Uh, for one, this project actually gave birth to a stablecoin called Terra luna or terra usd uh, uh, the, the symbol is ust yeah terra usd mm-hmm. yep. and so this had a huge backing in terms of you know a lot of people staking their money into terra luna getting a percentage and at the same time that turned into an ecosystem a flywheel where it gave birth to terra luna uh, stablecoin and yeah, just a lot of new projects coming into it. I would say the biggest project that they have currently today, where half of their pretty much all their market cap is locked into, is uh, Anchor Protocol, which is a DeFi platform on Terra Luna, which is extremely successful um, as of today. Yeah, definitely out of the top 10, I think Luna is the, the one that I should keep an eye on because... The biggest trend, I think, for the next year or two is Bitcoin. And if your project is, the central mission is revolved around buying more Bitcoin, then it's going to be successful. So definitely watch Terra Luna. That's actually the one project that I have my eyes on in the top 10. Um, Can definitely become like number three. That's definitely a good point. I I definitely like what you just said there. Um, Definitely being that this project is buying Bitcoin which is very important for the entire ecosystem. And at the same time, just because of Terra Luna's success and Anchor Protocol's success, we can definitely see this around for the next bull run. This project most likely will survive through capitulation and the bear market. Yeah, and if you look at the seven-day price where everything is dropping like a, like a rock, um, Terra Luna has actually dropped the least, even outperforming Bitcoin. So that's something trend wise uh, that I that I just saw right now. Yeah, they're the biggest threat to um, Ethereum. Ethereum's uh, TVL, I would say, for DeFi is at sixteen billion right now, almost seventeen billion on Curve, and a lot bigger than uh, Terra Luna. But Terra Luna has been skyrocketing off that one protocol, Anchor Protocol, and they're at sixteen billion. Their number one platform is at the same TVL as the number one platform on Ethereum as of today. Yeah, so if you want to bet on DeFi, Terra Terra Luna is going to be the one to go go with. Um, All right, so we like Terra Luna. Yeah, most likely. Um, (laughs) Number nine, Cardano. I don't really want to talk about Cardano so much. It's so much like... Solana in a way, so much like XRP in a bad way. Um, has Cardano and NFTs a lot of like promise for the future, but not much usage right now. It's very cheap, like eighty three cents. So check checks all the boxes of do not buy for me. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not a buy for me as well. Um, there was a lot of promise that was made by Cardano, not a lot of delivery at the same time. We don't have a lot of things coming out of cardano nothing exciting right um in terms of like new projects that came out like nfts icos and DeFi, all originally came from ethereum and then maybe onboarded to new projects new layer ones like terra luna and stuff like that and avax but cardano has nothing new right it just pretty much copies what Ethereum already has just makes it a little bit, a little better in terms of transactions, um, and just adds a little more flavor to it. Saying that it has like universities backing it, the backing the technologies, but it, it's it's come nowhere it, as of 2022, um, and therefore there's just a lot of emotional attachment with Cardano, and I think that's probably the worst way to invest in a project, and stay right. away. 
it it's really loved by kind of the the university crowd but the university crowd also loves like linux and unix whereas apple and microsoft make makes makes money so if we're talking about value trading for the future holding investing um i think solana is actually better than cardano which is saying a lot Oof, that's a big one actually that's that's yeah. a big blow but that's very true right now as of today right it's number nine i mean solana's number six if we can see how much there was growth in solana over cardano so right that's something to say um all right making it out of oh number 10 avalanche very interesting project um it's backed by deloitte got investing from a lot of private venture capital uh a lot of usage in nfts um i like avalanche yeah i i like this in general i like avalanche as well i have money invested in their protocol a little bit but it's in stable coin in the avalanche protocol um it's quick it's fast it's very cheap to use a little bit uh, but at the same time i think they are struggling they are not exploding like uh terra luna yeah i i think well terra luna just bought bitcoin and you can't go wrong with that but other NFT projects, especially during this down cycle, everyone's going to have problem because if you see like just just on the news, like growth companies have been hit hard recently because of the um, kind of funding and easy capital days are over because of the Federal Reserve just raising interest rates. So Avalanche, because of the funding that they got from the private seeds, that money is kind of running out. So it's kind of a danger. But the product itself and the momentum this past year um it's been it's been really good for the project so i think another one to keep an eye on but um again kind of the the investing environment is changing rapidly and that's affecting avalanche right now yeah definitely i think that's a great way to put it at the same time you want to understand that avalanche ha has been able to integrate their protocol to a lot of the top platforms like curve which is a big DeFi one and um a ave which is another DeFi one, and they were able to easily integrate into a lot of these Ethereum platforms that were very popular, and therefore, um, something about this technology tells us that it works, right? And at the same time, if you look at uh, DeFi Llama and look into a lot of the projects that are being built under Avalanche, it's a huge list, and it, it's exploding more so than Solana. So that's something to look out for. All right. Um... Number 11, Dogecoin. Dogecoin. The Elon Musk coin. He didn't create it, but he definitely might loves as well. it. <laughs> he should just definitely should just buy $45 billion worth, just like how he's trying to buy Twitter. <laughs> Yo, he can buy all of the Dogecoin. It's $18 billion. He just bought Twitter for $44 billion. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think he bought it with a premium 30% on top of that. Did you hear? Yeah, it was, uh, I think, once he basically said he was going to buy if twitter was like 40 dollars and his bid was 54 so so what's what's with that story why does he want to buy twitter just because well he he wants to his he has like an idealistic version of changing twitter to be not a company but a, a kind of a tool hmm. um for an open world for kind of democracy open speech all that interesting so We'll see where it goes. I think the the controversy there is like if one person, one figure owns Twitter, how much more open and free is it going to be? Right. Because I think Elon's going to just do so many random things and drastic things that even he doesn't even know where it's going to go. But that's kind of Elon's vibe. You know, you know what he's <laughs> going to do, right? He's going to hook up his AI tool to Twitter, read all the tweets and have his AI become smarter. Yeah, that's going to be really dystopian. That's so like. scary. <laughs> and at the same time, yeah. Twitter can't shut down his account. You know what I mean? No matter what well, he says on Twitter, there's no way he, they're going to right. shut his account. It's going to be an interesting time for social media. Unless he violates forward. something extreme. But every time we people bashed Elon, all of them are wrong. <laughs> like People bashed him for Tesla. People didn't understand what SpaceX was um solar city has gone gone to like i don't know f f i don't know how big solar city is like 10 billion valuation um 
It, it's just crazy. We'll see what he does with Twitter. This guy has a touch of God. Everything he touches turns into gold. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when he announced like the Twitter buy, Dogecoin popped like 30%. He, do like, you remember he also announced the 1 billion buy into Bitcoin? <laughs> Tesla bought yeah, a billion dollars. That, that was like the reason for the bull run, <laughs> I think. Yeah, huge <laughs> like, hype. Yeah. When, when Elon announced it, it was Bitcoin is like 30,000 and then pop up, pop up 69 thousand um dollars and of course it hits sixty nine thousand dollars and goes down so um it's all the dogecoin wall street bets elon musk uh power that he's had over the past couple years um all right going down the list um kind of when we hit kind of this range there's only a few projects that in each range that we care about one care about one actually know too much about so um dogecoin is kind of the first one from the 11 to 20 range that we i actually made a lot of money on dogecoin gave it a lot back just recently just when the market's down i do not trade well in down markets i don't think anyone does it's very hard but dogecoin something personally i followed i held through the saturday night live night watched it go down a lot hard lesson there um but yeah there's coin number one in this range um number two i'm just going down the list there's terra there's a couple of stable coins polka dot i have i have nothing, nothing for polka dot i can neither confirm or deny <laughs> <laughs> very neutral 15 though shiba inu number 15 that that is Two-thirds of the value of Dogecoin at twelve billion eight hundred million. Shiba Inu. Yeah, Shiba created Inu. out of thin air. Imagine just creating Shiba. You'd be a billionaire. So <laughs> so many people turn into millionaires buying this at the very first day it came yeah. out and held it through till like the near top. Um which is kind of cool. I I don't touch meme coins. With even a ten foot pole, I will never touch them. But uh, yeah, so imagine just being the owner of Shiba Inu. Imagine being the creator. How much? Yeah, the money you'd be. It's it's a straight copy of Dogecoin's code. Like it uses the same network as Dogecoin, except it's called Shiba Inu. That yeah. is the only difference, guys. Um, so up to you if you want to invest it. Pure speculation. Dogecoin is going to be accepted more places because just the Elon effect. Shiba Inu is just there because it's a copy of Dogecoin. People like dog memes. Um, number 15 really blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> because if you go down the list... Um, there are some good projects uh, down there. Polygon. Yeah, Polygon, Matic, another kind of DeFi, Ethereum um, project actually don't know too much about it so i've actually but. used polygon polygon is actually a layer two um protocol on top of ethereum so it pretty much needs ethereum to run in order for polygon to work i think i, I could be wrong about that little part but for the most part it pretty much negated all the extreme gas fees that ethereum had and literally in order to do transactions on polygon was one cent maybe 10 cents Per transaction which is really nice when you're trying to trade in the crypto market space especially on the on the side chain of ethereum so that was really nice i had a blast uh using polygon when there was a huge incentive with DeFi. um i made nice. a lot of money with polygon uh, right now there is no incentive therefore the price hasn't really risen and um, also polygon matic is actually considered a farm token so in terms of what that means is that you shouldn't buy Polygon Matic because essentially you're buying into something that people are continuously selling after they farm. So right. um, that's a consider a farm token. Yeah, and in this range, you're going to find what we call what the community calls Ethereum Layer 2 solutions. And they basically are improvements upon Ethereum's network. Uh, most are proof of stake. And they use the Ethereum network, um, and they send metadata on the Ethereum network 
to function as their own kind of sidechain. So uh, a lot of kind of the spirit of improving Ethereum to make it faster, but once I think Ethereum goes to proof of stake, um, a lot of these kind of layer two solutions um, may be just duplicative. Okay, Litecoin. Anything to say about Litecoin, Galen? Yeah, going just going down the list. Um, once we hit twenty one to thirty, the first one is Litecoin. Um, Litecoin's been around as kind of the faster solution for Bitcoin for so long. Uh, it hit the top ten during the passable run, but ever since it's been kind of sitting this twenty ish range. Um, people, I don't think people just see the benefit of having both Bitcoin and Litecoin, honestly. Yeah, I guess not a lot of people are adopting it. They don't have a use for it because I guess everything else is pretty much doing what Litecoin can do. Um, one, right. one thing I do want to talk about Litecoin is that it used to be number three. Uh, yeah, it, it was like high up there. Yeah, it, it, in, on Coinbase, you were only able to buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. Those are the only right. three coins that you were able to buy in 2017, the very early stages. Um but now it's you know ranked 21. It hasn't really popped off in this bull run, and it's slowly, continually, you know, dying. I think, uh, even though it has a valuation of almost seven billion dollars, uh, which that yeah. I don't know if that was there before. It it's the exact copy of Bitcoin with a lot less hash rate, and also it's supposed to be faster because it just cut the block size. Um, down to like a fourth of the size. So it's faster to mine each block. It's the only difference. And so I think people saw that and didn't really, really buy into it. Yeah. And it actually, Litecoin hash rate is dying. It's suffering. Yeah. Um, not a lot of new companies are making hardware for Litecoin uh, miners. And not a lot of people are putting them online. Therefore, you know, the rewards have been suffering and the hash rate's been suffering. The adoption of Litecoin has actually gone down significantly, and it actually may be dangerous to be investing into Litecoin as of today. Right. Um, yeah, another one in, in this range, this, this is actually a pretty fun range to talk about because it's like something, it's all stuff we were familiar with in the past couple years, um, but they're, they're in this 20 range now. They have all been like top 10 coins at one point, I think. Litecoin's top 10, Tron's top 10, Cosmos is new. Ch Chainlink and Ethereum were top 10 when the DeFi craze was up up there. Bcash was like <laughs> number two on point. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> well, that's another story. Oh my God. Uh, Bitcoin number Cash. <laughs> so a, a lot of fun in this range, but um, kind of highlights is, it's kind of stuff that was hot before. Now it's kind of just middling. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling these coins are not going to exist in the next bull run. I think they can come lower to the bottom 100. Yeah, be, yeah, be careful because this is a telltale sign. Like top 10 coins always drop. Always change. They, they have a hard time sticking. Um, Bitcoin Ethereum will always be number number one and two for the, for the near future. So kind of be careful with this range. Um, don't put too much money. Uh, except for Cosmos. I like Cosmos. Definitely riding the trend of internet interconnected blockchains. Um, that that story. So one project to keep an eye on there, but uh, again, different, diff very difficult investing environment to invest in like future promises and future projects right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say yeah. one of the things that came out of Cosmos is Terra Luna. So a lot of these projects actually came out of uh, Cosmos ecosystem. And that's why I think you were saying Adam is very interesting um, to take a look at and follow. But I, I myself did not have any money in Cosmos uh, just because it hasn't really picked up and popped off because I don't think people are using Cosmos to, you know, stake anything or have any reward system in it it's more like right. a lot of the projects that are coming out of cosmos is uh having more success uh, than i think cosmos itself right cosmos is coming out like during the the down cycle like it kind of hit um got traction at the very top of the market 
now it's trying to develop at the down cycle, which is very hard to do. Um, but going down the list, number 29, I want to highlight ApeCoin. Very recent. I think came out literally like three weeks ago or something. Um, now it came out around like $19. Now it's doubled two, three weeks. If you held it, um, made a pretty nice chunk of change there. Only green... Um, it's up 20%. It's the only green, literally the only green coin in the top 100. Yeah. Next one is Kyber, which is iron. <laughs> it's random. Number 82, but major only major project that's up. Um, and it has traction because of uh, Board 8 Yacht Club. So uh, keep that on your radar because it just has the only thing having momentum right now. Yeah, this is a very interesting coin to keep track of. Definitely, it's supposed to be the forefront of Web3, I guess, a community building forefront in terms of like, it, it was born off of an NFT project called Board Ape Yacht Club. So uh, we'll see where this is going to be taken and how this coin is going to be used. But uh, for myself, I think this is a little too dangerous in my books, uh, a little too risky, and yeah, it yeah, a lot of uncertainty. Uncertainty. Definitely buy it if it goes down. I think worth a shot just to just to have some diversity in here because it's counter trend right now. Um, that that's always valuable. Yeah. Um, moving on to the thirty to forty range. Again, a lot of projects that were big names before kind of dying off. Uh, Literally everything in this range, except for Filecoin and Decentraland. Yeah, so, let's see. 30 to yeah, 40 let's not, let's not go too much into it, because we can spend a whole episodes covering like the history of where these coins were. Yeah. But now it seems like they're, they're kind of dying off. Let's not too go much into That's it. But true. you have Stellar, Algorand, uh, ETC, Ethereum Classic, Monero, uh, Hedera, Hashgraph. Flow. ICP. EOS, Axie Infinity. Flow. Yeah. Oh my God, Axie died. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Axie got hacked, and yeah. for all the Axie, like we talked about <laughs> last episode. <laughs> um, and then uh, Filecoin. Filecoin is, I think, interesting. Um, you need Filecoin for IPFS storage to link uh, NFT, basically all the images, all the all the videos, all the kind of digital media that are linked to NFTs should be stored on Filecoin or similar IPFS storages. Um, we can cover that in a later episode, but Filecoin, definitely a major player for NFTs. Yeah, I'll go off of one sentences in these coin projects. So ETC, Ethereum Classic, is supposed yeah. to pop off when Ethereum goes to 2.0. A lot of these GPU miners are going to move towards ETC, so that's something to look forward to, uh, take a look at in the future. And um, there's Monero. Monero is supposed to be a, a complete private uh, coin. It doesn't have any public transactions on it. So that's uh, a big use case for a lot of people out there. Uh, I don't know anything about Hedera. I know they just use a new consensus program or security. So that's one thing I don't know much about. Yeah, private. Their thing is private blockchains, which could be useful, mm -hmm. but kind of different. It's not really like blockchain technology. Which is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, Data network. Apologies, we're kind of going down a list. Yeah, let's, uh, we're going to go quickly. I think <laughs> in future episodes we'll we'll uh, go into more in depth yeah, for these. But these are just more projects that are just kind of dying off. Um, number forty to fifty. Forty to fifty. Sandbox. Well, actually, Decentraland. Decentraland. Number thirty-seven. Decentraland is a. Uh, it's like virtual the world meta or something. Metaverse. Yeah, Metaverse, one of the major Metaverse projects. So is number 40. So number one and two, the Central Land, the Sandbox, definitely projects that you should keep on your radar for the Metaverse, uh, decentralized Metaverse, not like the Facebook Metaverse and Disney Metaverse. Yep. And all it's, the, it's a blockchain Metaverse. Uh, and these projects were long in existence before uh, Facebook announced their Metaverse. So, right. uh, when when you when you see a company like Facebook that's worth like hundreds of billions of dollars going all in into the metaverse, you can definitely expect something to happen um, with the blockchain metaverse. Right. Um, forty to fifty. 
kind of everything and everything, <laughs> everything <laughs> and everything kind of projects that have died off, like EOS and Zcash, um, Tezos. Uh, Tezos, I, I see that project kind of around. Tezos, um, I haven't heard that. Doorchain, just a just a cool name there. Um, and also Axie Infinity. It, had a lot, a lot of traction. Have you taken a look like at Theta Network? 100 plus. Uh, Theta? No, Th- no. They have a website. It's like um, it's like decentralized Twitch. Oh, yeah. Cool. So you can do live streams on Theta Network, and you need to have, I think, some of their coins to interact with the yeah. platform. But at the same time, uh, it used to shoot up like crazy when it was in the bull run. But right now, it's in rank 40. Um, one but yeah that's just something to keep an eye out for they actually have a working product versus a lot of these other projects they don't have a working product so um, that's something interesting to take a look at yeah uh number 47 ave i know mark cuban was really big into this one uh DeFi platform pretty good user interface um i'm surprised it dropped so much it's hanging out at 47 yeah it's it, it was so expensive to own ave it's the only reason why you would buy Ave and hold it, it's because you want some type of control in their governance project. So like you make all the decision factors in terms like voting, you get to vote on their protocol, like what changes and what doesn't. So that's like the only reason why you would hold Ave or, you know, it's also considered a farm token on the Ethereum protocol. So like when you ho- when you stake money on Ave, they pay you in Ave and you can use that to, you know, convert it into anything else you want. Um, but there's no real incentive to hold Ave. Yeah, surprisingly, like going down the list of going through one through fifty, like two projects stood out to me. Um, Avalanche, kind of, and Terra Luna, maybe Dogecoin. That is it. Yeah, that's like, true. That's very surprising. I'm only like, I'm only looking we're, forward. We're to- I'm only looking forward maybe to like, Luna. <laughs> just Luna, yeah. maybe like Filecoin, Decentraland, and um, the Sandbox stuff to keep an eye on, yeah. just because the NFT hype. I think very hard to invest right now. I think like, Filecoin came out a little too early. The technology is very unique; it's useful, but I don't think people need it right now. <laughs> w- right. When do you ever need to have a cloud storage system other than your own hardware? memory well there's this whole ipfs versus um storing like it's really important for nfts but i see um yeah it's very important for, NFT, for nfts actually okay once you dig into it i see but yeah filecoin is very i think on the top of my list if i were just i would just say five right now mm. it's bitcoin ethereum uh dogecoin <laughs> ironically because it's elon Musk factor um cosmos uh, it's going down to Centraland, Filecoin, and the Sandbox. Those are stuff I'm looking at. Yeah. In the last bull run that I thought was important was Bitcoin, Ethereum, BNB, Ethereum Classic, and Litecoin. So those were my what I was used to hold during the bear market. Right, um, right now, I think it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, Terra Luna, AVAX, Though I think it's going to suffer for a bit. And um, I think that's pretty much it. I want to say, I want to say Polygon, but I know it's not Polygon. I I like their technology, (laughs) their platform. It works great, but there's literally no incentive for for us to hold on to Polygon. I'm going past 50, and it's like just all my past mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not even going to go to go down even that route. Did you know? Definitely interesting right now. Did you know? Uh, hey, I actually got a pick on myself. Okay. So let, uh, we can wrap it up later, but um, stop now. But yeah, let's, let's wrap it up. So that, that was, those were kind of our rundown of the top 50, giving our picks. We'll see who's right in the future, but Definitely be careful and stick to the cryptos that you know. Just once again, this isn't financial advice. We're just kind of giving our thoughts, preparing you guys to trade 
like a scrub. How about that, Tony? Oh, that is perfect. <laughs> I I definitely would back that up.、Um, I want to say that this is just our past experience on.、Um, How we looked at cryptocurrencies、uh, at the very beginning, we never really looked into Bitcoin and Ethereum. It was always into alternatives and shitcoins because they seem more、um, attractive, I guess, in our eyes, just because of how how much they can go up during the bull run. But at the end of the day,、uh, during the bear market, we actually learned that it's really important to learn about the Bitcoin ecosystem and the Ethereum ecosystem. And how they work and how they function, because all these other coins are based off, you know, its essential core comes from Bitcoin and Ethereum. So,、um, really look into it and really question: Do we really need this project today?、Um, that kind of would help with the decision making,、um, discernment, and looking into, you know, what to research. So, there's that、uh, part two. I can't wait for part three because I will definitely have a lot more to say. Yeah, part three. We hope to dive more deeply into kind of trading strategies to set you guys up for success. Because if we can do it, you <laughs> and based on how many mistakes that we made, just sharing with you guys, hopefully you can make less than us. Yeah, I, I can definitely see <laughs> after listening to this podcast, people are going to have a better sense of how to make less mistakes, and they're going to be more successful than us. And I'm all for it. So. Um, I think that's going to be very beneficial. In the next one, I'm going to talk about how to look at、uh, shit coins versus BTC and Ethereum、um, instead of just the USD factor. So that's going to be very important in the future. Yeah, thanks you guys for listening. We're just kind of a couple of scrubs trying to get better, improve every day. So hope you guys trade like a scrub, like us. <laughs> Invest like a scrub. Learn like a scrub. That that is. Alright, thank you for listening in. Have a good one, everyone.